And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. This morning, we're going to continue our series called The Real Jesus, and today I want to talk to you about the power of Christ's resurrection, the power of Christ's resurrection. We're reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 7 which says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried. Now, pay attention to that. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. I remember I was talking to a lady one time, and she says, Well, I'm not a sinner. You may be a sinner, but I'm not a sinner. After all, I think most sinners are winos and lowlifes and people that don't pay taxes. Well, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. You see, ever since Adam and Eve committed high treason in the Garden of Eden, ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God and partook of the forbidden fruit, there's been a sin nature that every person has been born with. Dysfunction entered the world in Genesis chapter 3. If you don't believe it, in Genesis chapter 4, you find... Adam and Eve's one son kills another son. I mean, that's a pretty dysfunctional family, wouldn't you say? I believe that it is. And you find that even though man intends to do good, the good that he intends to do, he can't do it because there is a basic sin nature that only the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can wipe away and take away. So Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And then the Bible says He rose again, the third day according to the scriptures. You see, G.K. Chesterton once said, the difference between Christianity and other religions is that we serve a God who knows his way out of the grave. Confucius is still in the grave. The prophet Muhammad did not rise from the dead. Hare Krishna is still in the grave. Buddha is still in the grave. But Jesus Christ knows his way out of the grave. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. It says in verse 5, And he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James, then by the apostles. This morning, I, I want to kind of continue with the story that I was telling as I closed last weekend's service. Guys, it was 28 days ago today that my mom, and mom has been suffering from dementia and from Alzheimer's for some time. It was 28 days ago in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., she gets up and begins trying to walk around the bedroom. And she falls and she strikes her back on a cedar chest and she breaks three ribs. And she was taken that night by paramedics to Tallahassee Memorial Hospital. She had been in the hospital for three days when her doctor told her, says, I'm sorry, but I cannot release her to go back home when she's finished here. She's got to have additional help. And so... Uh, 
mom was two weeks in Tallahassee Memorial Hospital, and then we transferred her to Woodmont Pacifica. Uh, and um, the day that we transferred her, one of the nurses at the hospital came running up to me and says, I just heard that you're a pastor. Somebody said they see you on television, and I've got a lot of questions for you. And so this nurse starts in with her questions, and so I begin to answer them, and I, I begin to tell her about the life and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And while I'm talking to her, she stops me. She says, I want to know, do you believe in evolution? I said, I believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that in the beginning the world was out without form and void. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And that was probably a big bang out in the cosmos. In fact, if we often said people ask you, do you believe in the big bang theory? You say, yes, I was talking to the big banger this morning. She said, I can't believe. It's incredible to me that you believe in creationism i believe in evolution everybody i know believes in evolution why do you believe what you believe and i smiled at her i said it takes more faith to believe that there were some ethereal gases floating around in the cosmos and they just happened to explode. And they just happened to create our solar system and other solar systems. I said it takes more faith to believe that this earth that we live in was formed out of happenstance. I said it is a statistical improbability that this earth came into being and it has an atmosphere that supports our life forms. It is a statistical, if I can say that word statistical improbability when you really start thinking about it that we now live on this earth and we enjoy a beautiful plant kingdom and a beautiful animal kingdom and this this world is beautiful where did it get its beauty from did it just happen i i said it is it's highly unlikely in my mind that there was a poof and suddenly we have a sun that gives us light by day and is just the right amount of distance from the earth that we can orbit the earth every 24 hours and we can have a night and day and we can have a moon and we can have stars. I said, it seems to me that there has to be intelligent design involved in the creation. It just didn't just happen. I said, it's incredible to me that God has made us Think, think, think about the fact he's given you and me a brain. And science tells us that most of us as adults, we have brains that weigh three pounds. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm not so sure about you. Come on, tell them. And your brain... It's controlling right at this moment your central nervous system. Your brain's got over 100 billion cells, and every brain cell is connected to around 10,000 other cells, and that equals 1,000 trillion connections that are controlling your heart rate right now and controlling your respiration and controlling your digestion and a whole lot more, and you don't even have to think about it. 
All you have to do is breathe. It takes a lot of faith to believe that just happened. It takes a lot of faith to believe that your human eye, your, just one of your eyes is less than an inch. It's about two-thirds of an inch in diameter. But your eye has got over 200 million moving parts. I said 200 million moving parts. That's a lot. Did you know that your human eye can differentiate between 500 different shades of gray? And between, it is said, millions of light colors. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. And, 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 and I just believe that there is a creator and his name is God. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And God loves us so much that when mankind was in sin, and in the Old Testament they had to use the blood of bulls and goats to cover the sins of the people, but it could never take away their sins. God said, I'm going to go to earth as God the Son, and I'm going to give my life on a cross. Nobody's going to take it from me. I'm going to give it, and I'm going to take upon myself the sins of the world. And as 1 John chapter 4 tells us, Jesus became the propitiation for our sins. That means the full and final payment for all of our sins. Hallelujah. Not only that, but he went into the grave. I believe the devil thought he had Jesus when Jesus breathed his last and said, it is finished. <laughs> the devil just didn't know that Sunday was coming. <laughs> it may be Friday. We just celebrated Good Friday. <laughs> and there may be Fridays in your life. There may be times in your life that it looks like there's no hope, there's no future, there's no reason to go forward. But I'm telling you, there may be a Friday, but Sundays are coming, and our Jesus knows His way out of the grave, and the God that knows His way out of the grave will make a way for you where there appears to be no way. Let me share with you one of my favorite scriptures. It's Romans 8, verse 11, that says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead... Now catch that, if the Spirit of Him, we're talking about the Holy Spirit now, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I'm telling you, there's nothing, if you've never experienced the life-giving power of the Holy Ghost, don't you leave here today without saying, Jesus, I want your power in my life. Jesus, I want you to touch me. I want you to rearrange me. Do whatever needs to be done, but change me because there's nothing like the sweet anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like the power and the presence of the risen King, the Lord Jesus Christ. David said, in your presence is fullness of joy. In the Father's right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Let me share with you this morning six things that I try to do on a regular basis to live in the presence of Jesus. I encourage you to write these things down. Here we go. Number one, never forget that God is your source. I said never forget 
that God is your source. See, the moment I begin to think I'm my own source, I begin to begin to become dependent upon myself, and I'm also dependent upon my own limitations. And suddenly, I can't find, I find that I can't do anything right. But as long as I keep God my, as my source, I know that He's going to make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. I know that He's going to create a light at the end of the tunnel. I know that morning may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I know that I may not understand how things going to work out but i can put my faith and i can put my trust in him and he'll work it all out amen, amen. hallelujah hallelujah glory to god hallelujah i was just getting ready to pick on you you're just taking a picture zach's mama Miss Rose, did I get that right? Rosa, last weekend she was in the hospital having a heart attack. But we prayed. And you know when they did the catheterization? Tell us, what was it? It was good. It's all right. And look where she is today. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Listen, when you make God your source, he'll make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. (laughs) He'll make everything work together for your good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Twelve years ago, we we had uh, consulted with an interior designer who specialized in renovating churches. And and, uh, he's actually from Oklahoma, and he flew in here. And he took a look at our sanctuary, and, and it, was, it was a great sanctuary. We just had mauve-colored carpet, and we had pews in here, and it looked like a 1970s kind of design. And, um, and it was very functional, but we said we just need to give it a facelift. And I wasn't entirely sure what we're going to do, but he came up with drawings and videos and all kinds of things. And pretty much the sanctuary that he came up with, his designs are pretty much the way it looks today. But we took his designs and we took them to three different contractors and uh, they both, they all three of them submitted bids and the lowest bid was $1.6 million. And uh, I was, I wanted to go ahead and do the renovations in the worst way and go ahead and get it done. But as I prayed, I just had a check in my heart. And some of you know what I'm talking about. It just didn't seem like it was the thing to do at that point in time. And so I, I just I talked to the, our church board about it. And we waited. We just put it on hold. And we waited for over a year. And during that year, man, I'm squirming. I'm thinking, oh, God, it'd be a lot better to go ahead and get this done. But I still didn't have a peace inside. And the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. So I didn't have that peace. And I've learned the hard way to not go forward when I don't have that peace. Because the Holy Spirit can save you a lot of headaches. Do you know that after about, I don't know, it was 13 or 14 months, Brother Robert Morgan came to me. And, you know, I love Brother Morgan. He's now with the Lord Jesus. But he came and he said, Pastor, he says, I think I can be the general contractor and we can save some money. So he came and we talked to the board. And he went to work, and he got a lot of you that volunteered. Do you know that we ended up renovating this room and the foyer for under $400,000? Folks, that is a savings. That is a savings of $1.2 million. I'm telling you, our risen Lord Jesus Christ is a great businessman. He knows where the deals are. Amen? Number two, to enjoy God's presence. 
Act on God's word as a way of life. Act on God's word as a way of life. Read his word. Put it into practice. Read especially the New Testament because that's where we live in the New Covenant in the New Testament. See, Jesus said, not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father. You don't want to be one of those people that's saying, Lord, Lord, but you're ignoring the way his word tells us to live. And, and you know, you and I, we can't live in the presence of God if, if we've got sin in our life, if we're openly sinning. You can't live in the presence of God if you've even got unforgiveness in your heart. Because unforgiveness will easily become resentment, and resentment will become bitterness. The Bible says a root of bitterness will, will spring up and defile many. You know, since mom last month fell, every, every when I've not been at work or had a church function at night, I've been at the hospital or at the Woodmont, and Kathy's been staying many nights with mom, and we've just been running on embers. We've just been real tired and, and weary. And you, many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, so um, I've learned something about, you know, I've been married. Kathy and I will celebrate 41 years of marriage in August. And I've learned, amen, thank you, thank you, to you. I've learned that I should keep my mouth quiet, especially when we're tired. You young, you young married people, listen to me. And you young people that aren't married but are going to get married, just be quiet a lot of the time. That helps. Well, it was a Thursday night. We'd gotten home about, it was just about 9.30 or quarter to 10. And I was tired and she was tired. And I said something that irritated her. And she said something that irritated me. And before you know it, I mean, it got heated. I don't want to say how heated, but I'm glad there weren't any steak knives out. That's. <laughs> and, you know, after a while, you forget what you're arguing about. It's about I'm trying to vindicate my position. I am right and she is wrong. And she says she's right and I'm wrong. And we just kept that going and we're tired and I'm, you know, by now it's 1030. And I finally looked at her and I said, Kathy, this is silly. Let's stop this. She says, I agree. Why would you start it? (laughs) And she said, Terrell, I love you more than being right. And I said, Kathy, I love you more than being right. Forgive me. (laughs) And she said, forgive me. And then it took, now we're really tired. It's about 11 o'clock now. But we still stayed up. We stayed up for about 45 more minutes just to talk it out. How many of you know you need to get things worked out? You know, the Bible says don't go to sleep. When you're angry. It says don't give place to the devil. That's Ephesians chapter 4. In fact, I, I want to suggest to you there are a lot of divorces that start because we go to bed with unresolved issues. Now, you may not get as much sleep as you'd want to. But thank God we can get them worked out. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The truth is this. Backsliding doesn't take place overnight. I mean, you just, you just, you just. I've never had anybody come to me and say, uh, Pastor Terrell, I don't know what's wrong. I woke up this morning. I was loving the Lord Jesus. I read the Bible. I was just spent the whole morning in prayer. 
And I went into the bank and I was going to deposit my check. And instead of pulling out my check, I pulled out a revolver and, and I said, stick them up. And I meant to say, I want to deposit my money. How I many you know that doesn't just happen? I've never had anybody say, well, I woke up this morning, I read my Bible and I prayed and I sang some worship songs to God and I was just so excited to be in His presence. And then I was walking down the street and suddenly, suddenly there's another woman in my arms. I don't know how that happened. Or another man in my arms. Listen, folks, adultery never came upon anybody like a heart attack. I'll say it over here. Adultery never came upon anybody like a stroke. If somebody gets into an adulterous relationship, it's because they intend to. And the same thing when somebody backslides, folks. You don't backslide overnight. You don't go to bed on fire for Jesus. You don't go go to bed reading your Bible and praying and wake up the next morning cold and indifferent towards the things of God. It just doesn't happen. The Bible says that it happens over time. We, we, we get offended or something doesn't go our way and we begin to cool off in our relationship with the Lord. And maybe we stop attending church. That's the reason the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 that we're to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Number three, don't lose the excitement of living for Jesus. Get excited and stay excited. Expect God to move in your life every moment of every day, even on your off days. You know, Friday is my day off, and when I can work it out, I try to be on the golf course. And I'll tell you, I am believing for miracles out there on the golf course. I am. <laughs> but God doesn't take a day off. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's concerned about you. Amen? Number four, always give Jesus the glory for every little thing. I said for every little thing. Give Him the glory. Walk outside. Lord, I thank You for this beautiful blue sky, for these clouds. I thank You. You say, well, what about when it's raining? Well, at least know this. Above the rain, the sun's still shining. Amen? Amen. Lord, I thank You for these magnolia trees, for these pine trees, for these palm trees. Lord, for these oak trees. I thank You for them, Lord. I give You glory. I give You honor. I'll tell you something. If you'll give Jesus glory, His presence will become more real and more real and more real to you. Hallelujah. Some people say, well, I got nothing to be excited about. Air conditioner's not working. Television's not working. Internet's off. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you breathe? Do you have air in your lungs? The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Here, folks, I'm telling you, God will move mountains for you. And in the Bible, mountains represent problems and heartaches and difficulties. God will move mountains for you, but you've got to give him thanks for every little shovelful. Anybody can give him thanks when they see the mountain move from here to there. But you've got to start giving him thanks when you see molehills starting to move. And if you'll give him thanks, you're going to bring his presence into, in, into manifestation in your life. Hallelujah. Number five, think back on your past victories. Think about where he brought you from. Think about where you would have been. Folks, so many of us without Jesus would still be waking up in the morning with a hangover, wondering where in the world am I? Some of you would be waking up saying, who is that beside me? 
Come on, let's be honest. Just reflect on your life. Think about the day that the Lord saved you. Think about the family He's blessed you with. Think about your spouse. Think about your children. Think about the failures in your life that He's turned around. Think about the things you were going through when you didn't think you were going to make it. There's been a whole lot of things in my life I didn't think I was going to make it through. But we serve a Jesus that knows His way out of the grave. You serve a God who knows his way out of the grave. And he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you is going to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, looking unto Jesus who is the author and the... He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He, what he has started... He's going to bring it to pass. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he who has called you who will also bring it to pass. Romans 8 verse 31 says What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. You say, well, how do you know that Christ is risen? Because he said that when I was sent back to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And I got news for you, the Comforter has come. Because the Comforter has filled my life and changed me from the inside out. Glory to God. Number six, always testify. Always talk about God's goodness. When you sit around the table eating with your family, tell your children and grandchildren about the goodness of God in your life. Talk about the greatness and the wondrous works of God. That's how His presence comes. When you talk about the goodness of the Lord, I'm going to tell you something. It all gets fresh again to you. And you start memorizing. Not memorizing. You start remembering what the Lord has done. Every time I talk about the time at at, at age 9 that I climbed on a 12-foot ladder and fell down and knocked my head on on a concrete floor and the doctor told my parents he'll never be normal you're going to have to institutionalize him his brains are like scrambled eggs and Kathy always says they still are <laughs> every time I tell that story man I remember they, they had me restrained for three days I was comatose for three days I was unconscious and I remember there was a lady shining a light in my eyes and I opened my eyes and she said who am I? And I said, you're Mrs. Stevenson. That was a name of a fella in my neighborhood. I thought it was his mama. Shining lights in my eyes. She said, what's your name? And I told her. She said, what would you get for Christmas? And I told her. She says, where do you live? And I told her. And she said, he's awake. He's awake. And she ran out of the room. She says, it's a miracle. Before I knew it, doctors and nurses had flooded that, that hospital room and they were pulling and pushing on me and, and, and sticking me with stuff and shining more lights in my eyes. And they said, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely a miracle. And three days after that, I got to go home in an ambulance. Hallelujah. That was fun for a nine-year-old boy. The doctors have said, you might as well give a, prepare a, a place for him to live in a convalescent center. He'll never be normal. Mr. Todd, Mrs. Todd, he'll, he'll never run again. He'll never jump. He'll never talk. He'll never play ball. He'll never do the things that he used to do because his brain has swollen so much. His, his brain swelled so much when he landed on that concrete floor that his brains were like scrambled eggs. But hallelujah. I may be extra light, but they're not scrambled today. Amen. There's a, I serve a God that answers prayer. 
a God that does miracles. Start talking about the goodness of God. Talk about the time that he met your need. Talk about the time you needed a job and God gave you a job. Talk about his goodness and his mercy and his loving kindness in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever you do, don't tell what the devil's doing. Don't talk about what CNN is saying. Come on, you don't have to talk about all the stuff you read on the internet. Amen? Hallelujah. Pastor Glenn's coming to the keyboard, and I want you to bow your head, close your eyes all over this room. Bow your head, close your eyes. Nobody moving, nobody talking right now. It's a very serious time. As your heads are bowed, as your eyes are closed, if you've come into this place today and you have never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe you've never said, Jesus, come and change my life. Maybe you've never invited Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never, you've never even been to a church like this before. Here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an opportunity to place your faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to join our church. Doesn't really matter what church you belong to. What matters is what family you belong to. You belong to God's family. He cares for you. He loves you much more than you could ever imagine. Jesus said, come to me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So I want to ask you a question. If you were to die today, we got word this morning that Delia Weekly passed away at 1.30 this morning. If you were to die, do you have the assurance in your heart that you would wake up in heaven? You say, well, I'm a pretty good person. Well, you may be pretty good compared to other people, but you're not very good compared to Jesus because he was sinless. And the Bible says all of us, we've sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I want to give you an opportunity today to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also want to talk to those of you today who you've known the Lord, but you've grown cold. You've lost your first love. You've lost the joy of your salvation. I'm going to tell you, God loves you. Maybe you just went through some things and it threw you for a loop. Maybe you went through an unexpected illness. Maybe you had a financial reversal. Maybe you went through a bankruptcy. Maybe you experienced divorce. Maybe you experienced the loss of a loved one, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife, a father, a mother. Maybe your heart's been hammered by the difficulty of life. But I want you to know you can come back to God today because Jesus stands with arms wide open saying, I love you, I accept you, I forgive you. There's a third group of people here today and maybe you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and you love the Lord, but you don't have the assurance in your heart that if you died today that you'd go to heaven. You don't have the assurance in your heart. You see, one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do because of the resurrection of Christ, Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, He will bear witness in your heart. He will bear witness in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord. In other words, He will give you the assurance that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. But some of you, some of you lack that assurance. You just don't know that if you died today that you'd wake up in heaven. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask every person, you say, I need the Lord today. I want to come back to Jesus today. I want to have that assurance in my heart today. I want to make heaven my home. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to leave your hand up until I see it. 
Just leave it up until I see it. And then you could take it down all over this room. You'd say, Pastor Terrell, that's me. I need the Lord Jesus. I need the Lord Jesus. I need the Lord Jesus. Thank you, sir. You can put your hand down. How about it right over here? Yes. I need the yes. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Yes. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Yes. Thank you. You can put your hand down. How about in, how about in this, this middle section right here on the right? I need the Lord Jesus today. I need the Lord Jesus today. Say, don't, don't say, I'll, I'll do this another time because you don't know if you'll have another time. You don't know that you'll have another time. How about in this, this, this left hand center section? I need the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. Anybody over here? Anybody over here? How about in this right hand center section? Yes, I need the Lord. Yes, thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. You can put your hand down. Yes, thank you. You can put your hand down. How about in this middle right hand section? You'd say, I need the Lord Jesus in my life. I need the Lord Jesus in my life. I want to know the forgiveness of sins. I want to know that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. How about in this far right-hand section. I need the Lord Jesus in my life. I need the Lord Jesus in my life. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Now I'm just going to look at everybody. That's it. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. Give you one more chance, one more opportunity. If you did raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and come right down here and you're going to meet Pastor Zach Barnes. Pastor Zach is is standing right down here. If If you just raised your hand, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. That's it. Come on. Don't wait. Come on. Come on. People all over this room, you raised your hands. Come on. Today's the day. Come on. 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 What we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to all pray a prayer together. And then Pastor Zach's got some literature he wants to give you. It's going to take two minutes. It's going to take two minutes. So these, these altars are open. Come on. Come. Come, there are more of you that raised your hand. You'll want to be a part of this. You'll want to come and be a part of this. This is your opportunity. Don't say no. Don't say no. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want everybody to stand and we're going to pray a prayer together in support of these guys that have come forward. Hallelujah. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord God, in Jesus' name, I come to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come live in my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. The King, my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of every sin. Come fill me, Holy Spirit, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Come, Holy Spirit. And live the life of Jesus through me. I say no to the devil. I say no to the world. I say no to sin. I say yes to the resurrected Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Give him glory. Hallelujah. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. 
We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.